the franchise tag window is open, what are teams going to do and which big names will be tagged this season? Let's break it down. Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast. Over the air, and it's intercepted. A weekly podcast about all things football. On his first throw. And only football. Every week, we'll go in-depth about each team and deliver the best hard-hitting topics. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Andrew Walker. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Pigskin Podcast. I am your host, Drew, alongside Dan. Hello. Last week, if you listened to the episode that dropped, I kid you not, Dan knows this because I texted him as soon as it happened. As soon as I posted the episode, now we post every Thursday. We want to be consistent. As soon as I posted it, not even 30 seconds later, Adam Sheffer breaks the news that Carson Wentz is now traded to the Indianapolis Colts. It's not surprising to me. This has happened to us multiple times where we post the episode and the league decides to drop the information right before the weekend hits, but we are kept catching up a week later. And it was in the middle of me about to post on social media, hey, this week's podcast has hit. And then, of course, Carson Wentz is traded to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. A third-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year is what the Colts will be giving up for Carson Wentz. 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 conditional second-round pick. Now, that pick can be adjusted to being a first-round if they make the playoffs next season. What's frustrating about all this is, one, the story broke as soon as we posted it, so it makes us look like, hey, we don't know what we're talking about in a, in a sense. I don't like this trade for the Indianapolis Colts. So I think that they are giving up too much for Carson Wentz, who has yet to prove anything in the NFL. But I mean, at, at the same time, a third round pick and a second round pick. The biggest thing that I'm kind of curious about is how much money that they're going to have to accumulate in his contract. Well, for the Philadelphia Eagles, they'll be taking the largest dead cap hit in history, which I addressed many weeks ago. When we discovered Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter, Carson Wentz had a fallout with uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach, and we find out that they didn't speak for weeks. Nine of the nine or ten weeks in the season, they didn't speak at all. And so he'll have a $33.8 million cap hit for the Philadelphia Eagles. That is not a good look for the new head coach, knowing that you are coming into an organization where now your cap hit is, is one, it's huge, but that person that's hitting your cap isn't even on your roster anymore. No, $33 million, That That's just, that's so bloated. And we've discussed their cap situation with Philadelphia. This doesn't make it any easier. But I, I noticed that of the largest cap hits in history, the team that came in second is the LA Rams with Jared Goff. That's $22.2 million that they have to carry by sending him to Detroit. Eagles are one of the worst teams as far as cap situation. They are fortunate, though, that Jalen Hurts is still on a rookie contract Mm -hmm. because when he, let's say, let's just assume he does well and assume that Philadelphia wants to sign him long term. Are they going to be able to because that that cap hit, it's going to affect them this year because I'm sure they're going to have to restructure contracts for next year and the following years. So it's just going to be a domino effect for possibly Jalen Hurts. This is something the league is doing more and more as the NFL continues to grow. And, you know, the league is changing from a run first offense before the millennia started. Now it's a pass first. Teams are not being as patient with quarterbacks as they used to be because rookie contracts, they would rather have to deal with a rookie contract. Someone like Carson Wentz, who 
you know, he they didn't win the Super Bowl because of Carson. It was because of Nick Foles. Now, Carson Wentz did set him up to have success to yeah. make that run before he hurt his leg. So teams are not as patient and willing to wait for quarterbacks to become successful. You can't wait in this league anymore. Yeah, and and teams would rather, okay, we made a mistake on this quarterback two years ago. Let's draft another one because of that rookie contract. Carson Wentz in Indianapolis won it. That, I think, honestly, it's a downgrade from Phillip Rivers, surprisingly. One thing that I do love, though, is that the fact that Michael Pittman Jr. is not going to give up his number 11 to Carson Wentz. I love that. I love that he says, like, who are you? Well, what have you done in this league where you deserve to to take the number 11 that I acquired? Yeah, it's only my second year in the league. Yeah, but, he's but you're better, no one. He's better than Carson Wentz, though. Well, I mean, he he didn't really have a good rookie season. What I who Michael didn't Pittman he? Jr. Yes, he yeah, did. he he, didn't, he no he, he had he had it. If you look at comparable to the other rookies, I think Justin Jefferson had almost a thousand more rush. Or yeah, but we're not thousand more we're receiving. Not, I'm not ta- I'm not comparing him with other wide receivers. I'm, I'm just comparing saying. him to Carson Wentz of the two number 11s. Michael Pittman is a better number. He has, he has more promise and upside, I guess. I mean, Carson Wentz has been in the league and hasn't done anything. Pat McAfee, I listen to his show as, you know, as often as I can, knowing he's kind of a quote-unquote uh, Colts legend. He doesn't like the fact that Michael Pittman Jr. is not giving up his number 11. He's like, you're only here for your second season. Carson Wentz has been in this league. He's your quarterback. He's the guy throwing you the ball. You need to be on good terms with him. Why? Why is Michael Pittman Jr. owed Carson Wentz anything? He owes him nothing. And the only quarterback in this league that deserves to get his number is Tom Brady when he was with Tampa. And Chris Godwin's like, yeah, you deserve it. And guess what? I don't believe that Carson Wentz can give Michael Pittman Jr. a Super Bowl like Chris Godwin was promised by Tom Brady. Well, it's interesting you said that Carson Wentz is going to be throwing him the ball because A.J. Brown with the Titans, who's in, you know in the same division, he said... In a now-deleted tweet, um, A.J. Brown, who coincidentally also wears number 11, said that, mm, LOL, he's not about to get the ball. Got to know who's in control, bro, LMAO. Look, it's a freaking number. In the grand scheme of things, who cares what number's on your back? I care that I would get the ball. You can put any number on my back as long as I'm getting the ball and I'm getting paid. But you could also say the same thing to Carson Wentz. is like, hey, dude, it's just a number. Let Michael Pittman have it. Start a new chapter in Indy because you didn't have one a good chapter in Philly. Start with a new slate. It works both ways. And if we have these people that are going to be super petty about, hey, I'm not getting my number. Hey, you're not giving me yours. This is the NFL, man. This is a big boy sport. Stop acting like children. Well, when we talked about Chris Godwin giving up his number to Tom Brady, I said weeks ago, you got to give me something really good. Even Tom Brady, you got to get me something really good. Now, granted, he said we'll get a Super Bowl. That's a great trade-off for them. It's not about the number on the back. So at, at the end of the day, Carson Wentz will be taking him a new number. Michael Pittman will stay with number 11. That's that's the assumption right now. Who knows? Maybe it'll change. Maybe Michael Pittman will say, you know what? Well, he maybe said he's I not should. giving it up, so he would have to he change He said that, mind. but you know, there's still a long season ahead. Now, Cam Newton talked about Bill Belichick. He said, I think Bill Belichick is the most... Misunderstood person, all of sports. He's a cool dude. It seems to me that Bill Belichick is tough and expects a lot. Therefore, people think that he can't be a cool person. Do you think Cam Newton, what he's saying about Bill, you know, BB, that he really is the most misunderstood person in all of sports? Absolutely. I think people look at his demeanor on the field and they somehow translate that to the locker room 
and outside of football. We've seen him in interviews. He has an upbeat personality. Like when he did that um, that special with Nick Saban mm-hmm. about the coaching, and then when he did the NFL 100-year special, like he has a personality. Yeah. But he is all business on the field. We know in the uh, interviews he's notorious for saying, on to Cincinnati, on to Cincinnati. Like he's about the next week. And I remember this past year when a reporter asked him, what's it like not having fans in the, in the stands or fans at games and Bill Bell. And he's like, how do you compare them? Bill Belichick said practice. That's how he compares it to. And he's very cut and dry to the point, all business on the field. But I don't think it'd be fair to translate that to outside. I think Bill Belichick is awesome. I would love to just spend time with him. One, he he's a huge lacrosse person. His kids play. I love lacrosse. I coach it. And you can have a better understanding of who Bill Belichick is if you watch when Randy Moss was on the team and he threw the Halloween party and he came with his wife and BB was a, you know, a pirate or whatever. He likes to have fun, but when it comes to football, he's all, he's serious. Mm -hmm. And it's just like any other job. When you go to a job, whether it's sports related or not, like my wife being in the medical field, she has to take her job serious. Now there are moments where you can have fun, which he, you know, BB does, but this is his job. This is his livelihood. When it comes to the off season, then you can have all your fun and stuff. And people can say, well, you don't have to be so serious. Well, guess what? How Look at the teams that are successful in the league. There's a lot of good structure. And I think people misunderstand that, that because there's structure and because there's high expectations that you're a sucky person or you're not enjoyable to be around. Kim Newton said this, the, one of the most flashiest, you know, flamboyant, uh, outspoken players in the league was like, hey, People, you you guys don't really understand Bill Belichick as well as I do. And the fact that he is enjoyable to be around. Speaking of Cam Newton, did you see his uh his camp this past weekend? Yeah, I saw the, that little that kid. Look, uh, look, we don't have to go deep into it. Anyone can see the video. All I have to say is kids and just a little bit of context. A kid, uh one of a football player was on the sideline at one of Cam Newton's um football camps and he kept chirping Cam. You know, he's washed up. He He's he's a has-been. He's a free agent. A free agent, yeah. And just, of course, Cam Newton came back and said, I'm rich. I'm, I'm rich. rich. I'm rich. Where, I'm where's like, your hey. dad? Where's your dad? Because this little kid was being a little brat, and I love his yeah. apology, which mm-hmm. he didn't write. There's no way that kid wrote his apology. His parents had to write that thing. I will say, kids, people in general, actually, just stop with the social media posting. He did it for social media. I mean, he had his friend right there with his camera, it was all for show. Yeah. Just because you can say something doesn't mean you should say something. And social media is not the place to do it. Just keep your head down. I don't, I don't care. I don't care who's in the league. If if somebody in the NFL is hosting a seven on seven mm-hmm. camp and I get to be there, exactly. I don't care how washed up you are because only one percent of football players make it to the NFL. Whether you start or not, only one percent do it. And the fact that Cam Newton is part of that one percent, and he won it, he was an MVP quarterback. Went to this the kid, Super Bowl. This kid is—he's—he's he's he, a little naive. Just—he should have been just happy to be there. I mean, you're disrespecting the very person who has thrown that camp and is trying to give you a foundation for a successful future. And just to trash him like that was just completely out of line. Good thing he did release an apology. Whether he wrote it or not, we don't know. Yeah, I don't think but, he did. But nonetheless, just stay off social media. If you're not going to say something nice, don't say anything at all. An old, unwritten rule. So, And if we want to translate from Cam Newton drama to Alex Smith drama, 
I, this just came out, I think, like two days ago. Mm-hmm. But Alex Smith, he said that Washington didn't want me on the team. They didn't want me on the roster, and they didn't want to give me a chance. It's like getting this close to the end of line of a marathon, and they're telling you that you can't finish the race. He's like, I, F that. I'm finishing this thing. So I'm going to ask you this, Dan. Do you think that they didn't want him there and that they mistreated him? Or do you think that they kept him simply for pity? I can understand Alex's frustration, but also Washington. We've all seen he had, oh, what, 20 surgeries? Had a lot. We saw what his leg looked like and how disgusting it was. And to have that kind of injury, like, remember, Joe Theismann had the same kind of injury. Mm -hmm. And his career was never the same. And Alex Smith, that type of injury, you have to think, okay, well, Washington... You know, they don't want to have this. Essentially, he was a project case, you know, had a full year. He had to rehabilitate his leg and and wonder like he and the thing is, his talent isn't like extreme. He is he's long been known as a game manager. Yeah, but but he's the best quarterback on that roster. He is the best quarterback on the roster. But I'm saying in terms of quarterback talent throughout the entire league. So I can understand Washington's frustration, but I can also understand Alex's frustration, you know, to, to kind of feel that your organization has given up on you. Yeah especially when you literally gave it your all and you almost lost your life. I could understand both sides. And, you know, Alex got the last laugh because he was a comeback player of the year, almost unanimously, except for that bonehead that did been big, big Ben. I, I, I agree with you, Dan, in this aspect is, yes, you have to look at Washington. It's a business. Business first league. Players understand that. Everybody understands that. So, yes, I can see the frustration with, one, you invested so much money into this quarterback, he gets hurt unfortunately has a long process that he has to get through so you don't know that you know the knowns or unknowns of that they need to be more frustrated with Dwayne Haskins than they are with Alex Smith Alex yeah, Smith has given more to this organization than Dwayne Haskins has guess mm-hmm. what Dwayne Haskins is in Pittsburgh now yeah. and so but I also understand the aspect of Alex Smith being frustrated because it, the, one this is a QB carousel you getting flip-flopped back and forth each week because who knows who's going to play quarterback. Ron Rivera has always been an issue when it comes to relationships with quarterbacks. He had kind of a rocky one with Cam Newton in Carolina. I think that they mistreated him, sure, because a lot of unknowns, but I also understand the business aspect of it. I do think, however, that they they kept him simply for pity. Because think about if Washington had cut him. Yeah. Say during mm-hmm. this process of him going through his surgeries, almost losing his life, as, as Dan spoke of, what if they had cut him? You know how much backlash they would have gotten? Not only oh, absolutely. we're, we're going to talk about the name change in a minute. If they had cut him and said, you know what? You, we don't know what's going to happen with you. We don't even know if you can play. At the same time, they would have gotten a lot of crap. You know, injuries that are career ending or require a lot of rehabilitation. The, you know, Washington's not the only team that has to go through this. Remember with uh, uh, Ryan Shazier with his injury. Yeah, Ryan Shazier. You know, the, the Steelers kept him even though they knew he wasn't going to play again. Yeah, they kept him on the roster out of respect they, to him. Yeah, and they kept him on because when he's part of the team, it covers all of his medical expenses. Where if they had cut him, he would have been responsible for a lot of that. So I, I love the, how Pittsburgh handled that. Ryan Shazier, he knew that he probably wasn't going to play again, even though he wanted to make a huge effort in return to that. Pittsburgh also understood the reality, and they were able to be mutual understanding within that and and try to work with one another. Because that's not Ryan Shazier's fault that he got hit like that. Nope. Now it's he, not Alex Smith's fault that his leg got broken. Yeah. Talking about Washington, though, they just announced that 
2022, which drum roll, please. They're waiting a, another full season to do this. Oh, they want to get a new name change. So now they're going to be well, called the, and I always, when I look at Washington, I always think of, you know, WTF. I know it's WFT. Yeah. But it's, well, it's uh, kind of like WTF. And I always, I'm not dyslexic, but it makes me feel like it. So Washington football team, they're, they're famous slogan or hashtag. And I'm, I'm curious, Dane, if you came up with some, maybe some names to go with it. HTTR. HTTR. So previously it was hell to the Redskins. So naturally I wanted to pick some names that associate with that hashtag or slogan. Yeah, so HTTR. Well, let's preface it. Like Washington announced on Tuesday, they are going to continue this 2021 season as a Washington football team. 2022, they will have a new name, but they have not told us what the new name is yet. They're just teasing it to us. But you're teasing us a year out. Lord have mercy. Yeah, I know. I just came up with a couple names that that start with R. I'm sure there's a ton out there, but I want to just go specifically to the HTTR because I think that's a really good slogan, hashtag, whatever. First name. Plus everyone. I mean, everyone knows what that. Yeah. The, that you is, you so. know, you associate it with Washington. The first team. And I think that this is who their name should be because I won. I think the, the name is awesome. And I love the flexibility of what you could do with the logo. The Red Tails. Mm-hmm. You know, you're honoring the Tuskegee Airmen, which we know a place mm-hmm. in history. They played an intricate part in World War II. They were a full set of African-American uh, pilots. I love Red Tails. I mean, there's a great movie on it if you want to watch it with Cuba Gooding Jr. Red Tails is awesome because you have aviation. You could still keep the same colors with the the red and gold or whatnot. And I and I think all these logos that I'm going to or names I'm going to tell you you could keep the same colors. I don't think they need to change them at all. Well, and I mean, I like the colors, the maroon and the gold. Oh yeah. Maroon. Some, sorry. Sometimes they have the, um, the gray pants for the throwbacks. Like I like their color set and I don't think they need to change it. I think red tails makes the most sense because it's also, they're representing Washington, Washington, DC and the history of that city. And, you know, kind of to tie that to the red tails. I mean, if you have, you have the Smithsonian of Air and Space, and you also have the World War II Memorial. World War II Memorial. And you also have the Udvar Hazy Center, which is at Dulles Airport, right outside of D.C. That's where the um, space shuttle is kept. I've actually been there. It's a really cool museum. You have to pay to go, but it was, it was definitely worth it. There's a lot of aviation history within D.C. Uh, that could tie pretty well into being a red tail. And you don't have to change anything with HTTR. Mm-hmm. You know, people can still say that and keep the history of it. And with DC being so diverse and I mean, that's right. I mean, let's just yeah, look, you know. let's just be transparent here. The name was changed due to, due to racist implications or what people believe or not. They don't believe, you know, that's another argument. So I think changing it to a name that can honor a group of, of individuals. One, I think it could be like a Phoenix, you know, you, you die, you get rid of the Redskin name, then you, come out to be a beautiful Phoenix and, you know, come out with red tails or something. I think honoring a a group of individuals would be great for the city. I know a lot of people even outside of DC would love the name red tails. It's just, it's a fun name. So aside from red tails, which I think should be the clear front runner, a couple other names, the red river hogs. I think a hog would be a, a dope uh, logo, you know, mm. aside from the pigskin podcast. Plus during their Super Bowl run in the eighties, um, they were known as the hogs. Yeah. You know, the, these these were when offensive linemen were huge guys, and that was their nickname, the Hogs. 
you can even shorten it to just uh, red hogs, even though the technical name of the animal is the red river hogs. I think another one could be rhinos. Uh, how many? How does that make sense? I, because it's an R, you know, how many, oh. see, how many rhinoceroses or rhinoceri, whatever, uh, logos are Plethora out there. Rhinoceros. How, how many logos are out there with that name? You don't see any. So I think that could, you know, maybe set them apart. I don't think it would make no, sense. if you just want to do an R name, you know, just come like the Washington Robins or the Washington Red Rocks or yeah. ringtail, a, a ringtail worm. Like, I mean, you can do a whole bunch of things if you're just sticking with an R. It could be like a rattlesnake. Uh, two more. So I think the Washington Revolution, I think obviously mm -hmm. being D.C. in the history of. Well, I think that'll be kind of hard because I know in soccer they have New England Revolution. New England Revolution, but. I mean, there's a lot of teams that Looking share my soccer stuff. They they share a lot of logos and, and things like that. So I think revolution would be cool. You could have a lot of flexibility with that. And then last one would be the rebels. And I'm not talking about like the, the Southern term, like, you know, the old Miss rebels. I'm talking about rebels as in like people wanting to rebel in uh, D.C. because we know that government is kind of uh, they're rebels within itself. So I think, ironically, it would be a good name. Now, I'm not serious about that name at all because I don't think it would go well, but it's an option. We just know we have to wait an entire year before we see that name, and who knows when they'll announce it. They just did the tease on Tuesday, and there's no timetable of when they'll actually reveal the name. I think, just my speculation at this point, there's a trademark or copyright name that they're wanting that someone has, and that they're having to sell it and they have a timetable. They have to wait to be able to take it. That's just my prediction might be. And I also saw that they're waiting to, because of how long it takes for uh, companies like Nike trying to de design the logo and the apparel uh, uniform. I believe, things that's like a, that. I, be, I believe that's a hunch, uh, a bunch of horse poo. I've seen some of the, the uniform sets that the league has introduced these past couple of seasons. They're terrible. You look at the Tennessee Titans, that's a trash uniform. And it took you that long. It took you two years. Because I know that in the NFL, you have to wait at least two years. I mean, it's a two-year process. And I'm looking at that uniform I'm like, it took you two years to come up with this. This is all you come well, up with. Well, same with like Tampa Bay and Cleveland. They just went back to what they had before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, they have great uniforms, those two teams. You know who they need to be looking at? People, random graphic artists on Twitter and be looking at their ideas. Yeah. When they, people do mock designs, there is, I'm like, I want that talented people that aren't even working for big companies that have fantastic ideas. They're not hiring them. I don't know who Nike has in their wheelhouse, but whoever's designing their uniforms needs to be let go. You mentioned the Tennessee Titans, Dan, Isaiah Wilson. He just tweeted. It got deleted well, earlier this week. He just tweeted, I'm done with football as a Titan. No further comments. This kid has been a disaster for the Titans. First round pick. Gave him a ton of money. Gave him some bonus money that they're actually trying to recoup. I think it's like a little over $4 million. I would be trying to get every bit of that $4 million back. A kid who's gotten COVID twice. Who's gotten a DUI once. And he's only played three snaps or I'm sorry, four snaps this entire season, all four junk plays, like kneeling the ball when the Titans were up, or, you know, I think one was like a punt block or whatever. And, and he got, he got, he got plastered on his butt when he, when it was a field, there was one that was a field goal snap and he just got laid out. And there's a Tennessee beat reporter who he, 
he noticed that for Isaiah Wilson's birthday, the Titans didn't wish him a happy birthday. And he said, I guess there's a five snap minimum for a birthday wish. He's like, <laughs> just missed it. Yeah, that's he's been John Robinson, who's the general manager. He's been this is easily his worst first round pick. Now he's well, honestly, he's I had a lot say, of them. Well, I'd say overall, I mean, because there's just so much more attention on a first round. There's so sure. much pressure and you're expected so to do well. And this will be John Robinson's worst pick as a general manager. And, and they just completely wasted it last year. I hope uh, he gets his, his mind right. Um, you know, the fact that Dwayne Haskins was able to get picked up by an organization that wants to give him a second chance. I think everybody in this world, not including football, everyone deserves a second opportunity. What I hope for Isaiah Wilson, though, because he's still in the Titans, they said that they might try to trade him or cut him to save some, um, uh, you know, dead money. I wish him the best, and I hope that he can turn it around because it looks like he doesn't even care to be a football player right now. He he's he's seen often partying with friends and posting videos and 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 doing not and I understand he's still a young college kid. He he left Georgia early to be drafted. Tennessee took a big gamble on him, even knowing that he had some character issues. Looking at that draft and the Titans selecting him, first off, a lot of people considered it a reach that they took the offensive lineman, that he he wasn't a great offensive lineman in terms of those first-round offensive linemen. So not only did people in sports or in football believe that the Titans reached, and it's not like he had you know an injury or he had an opt-out and – they took a gamble on that. It was his character issues. And they took a gamble. And like you said, Drew, everyone deserves a second chance. And hindsight's twenty twenty. Who knows? He could have, you know, snapped out of it after getting drafted. And then we wouldn't be talking about this situation. Sure. And he there's still but a possibility he may turn it around. High risk, high reward. So I just I wish the best for him. It's just sad to see that you have a player that gets drafted in the first round and plays four snaps the entire season. And he was healthy. It's not like he had an injury. Now he did get COVID twice. So he had to follow protocol with that. He just wasn't a fit for them. Still on the team. Hope he turns it around. Last thing before we get into the franchise tag section, I wanted to talk about this. I know we've talked about Deshaun Watson a lot. We're not trying to, again, beat a dead horse as I spoke of last week. Well, it looks like you're still beating that dead horse. I am, but this what was so frustrating to me. Now, our mutual friend, Michael, Big Panther fan, sent me this picture because I didn't even know about it. I haven't been watching Good Morning Football lately. I've just been really busy. But Peter well, Strakes. there's really nothing to Oh, yeah, there's really nothing. Well, because they're <laughs> like all over. in. Football's over, but also they, keep, vac- ro- they yeah. keep rotating people because of vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the normal crew is not on there. But Peter Strakes, he sent this trade offer for Deshaun Watson for the Carolina Panthers. And I want to talk about this because of how bogus and how dumb this trade offer is. Well, I, I actually don't know what this trade is, but I addressed it last week that I believe three first-round picks. If this trade includes giving up Christian McCaffrey, you go ahead and just delete it because that. Uh, oh, I, I don't agree with that. This this trade offer right here get, loses all credibility that Peter Shrakes has. Well, you know, it, it is of the four. To be honest, yeah. I mean, he's, I put he's, him at my number four. <laughs> yeah, he's he's our number four guy on that crew. But I'm going to give you what he offered for Deshaun Watson. Christian McCaffrey. N- nope. Robbie Anderson, your best wide receiver. Mm. Brian Burns, in my opinion, your best defensive are player. Are you kidding me? They're, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And there, are Teddy, they, Teddy Bridgewater. Oh my and 
the 2021 and 22 first round picks. You know what? This is what I say from that. It is clickbait. That is a, a clickbait yep. 100% because Peter's not that stupid. Well, I don't know if he's even stupid at all, but he's not that stupid to even suggest that the Panthers would even do that. That makes me mad just sitting here. That, and you know what? He's done exactly what he, into, he, he yeah, wanted. Yeah, he, he got people talking about it, mm-hmm. and that's what it ultimately boils down to. You're giving up your one of the best running backs in the league, your best wide receiver, your best defensive player, your quarterback, which is fine because if you, you know, hogwash, if you, if you get Deshaun, obviously you give away Teddy, but also this year, next year's first round pick. No, let me let me ask you this, Dan. And they have a top I'll, ten pick this I'll, year, so. I, and I'm not I'm talking about the roster only, mm-hmm. and outside of Deshaun Watson, what is Houston's problem? The entire roster. I mean, defense is for. So let me tell you just, something. If Deshaun Watson has no one in Houston. I saw, you know, outside Will Fuller, outside of Houston, who's a free agent. If Deshaun Watson goes from a team that has nothing around him to a team that has nothing around him, <laughs> how is he going to win? If he's not, if he can't do it in Houston, he's not going to do it in Carolina. That's a very good point. Because you were trading away so many assets. Why would you, why would you trade away Christian McCaffrey? Well, that, that's stupid. It's, it's clickbait, and you know, kudos to him because now we're sitting here talking about it. So I guess he's a winner. That's here. just—it's so frustrating, but, so uh, infuriating. That's not even a reality. It's, it's not a reality, and yeah, the the fact that people would do that just simply to get people to talk about—they do that a lot with mock drafts. Yeah. If you ever look at a mock draft and your team is like, "Why on earth is this player here?" It's because they want you talking about it. And they don't even care if you're talking positively about yeah. them. They got people clicking, which is advertising dollars and, and just more money for them. And, and Dan but, and I, we're going to do a mock draft. And yes. we're going to do a legit mock draft who yes. we think that the team should draft, not just some, you know, grabbing Tim Tebow or something and saying, hey, this team should draft here. Yeah. No. I said last week, Houston has to rebuild. They are not one, two, maybe even three players away from reaching the playoffs. Not winning in the playoffs, but legitimately getting in the playoffs. They're not. They're not there. They're in a rebuilding mode. You need to get rid of your best asset to recoup these picks so that you can rebuild your team. The thing is, if that trade happened, I would pick Houston to be a better team than Carolina. Oh, yeah. Because you, you get two first-round picks and then all those players. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it, you you would be able to draft a quarterback in the top ten because I think the Panthers at number eight. Well, not even even if you keep yeah. Teddy, you could do something else with that. Well, yeah. so you know, <clears throat> well speaking of Teddy, he doesn't follow the Panthers anymore on any social media. Yeah, he followed unfollowed you know they, players they, and fans. They and, try to get rid of him uh, with my Stafford deal, and you know obviously that didn't happen. Uh, and now with the Carolina Panthers, they're getting rid of all these older players with these big contracts that they're trying to unload to free up some cap space because I think they're making a run for Deshaun, which I think, again, he's my number one, or the Panthers are my number one team for him. Makes the most sense. As, as far as what teams should should do, franchise tag window just opened, opened February 23rd, closes on March 9th, so teams have a couple weeks to apply the franchise tag on players. So I'm going to give you some players, Dan, I hope you you have some as well, of some players that teams should tag. I'm not we're not going to go through all 32 teams. No, we're not. But this will take forever and not every tag not every team is going to tag a player. Can, can I suggest something? Sure. Can we do this in alphabetical order? And when I say alphabetical order, in real alphabetical order, cuz we discovered last oh, week. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh we Poor Drew <laughs> doesn't know his alphabet. 
So I actually have my picks in alphabetical order based off of the team name. I did. All right. So I did call them the Oakland Raiders, but I don't know how I didn't catch that. Dan didn't catch that either. No. And, and I don't and know how Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. I, I just don't know. But we had a lot of people talk about the mark. I think it was like 27 minutes, 45 seconds. Go back and listen to it where we talked about the Dallas Cowboys. That was hilarious. Apparently, that was a moment that a lot of you guys enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed it too. My family enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we've lived in the South for a little bit now, but I'm nowhere near that Southern. <laughs> but we'll, we'll do alphabetical order for you, Dan. I don't have it. I just kind of went with it, but I will uh, follow your lead. Well, I'll start it off. And to preface franchise tags, there are multiple franchise tag. You know, you have the exclusive, non-exclusive transition, but I'll just give you just the basis of how a franchise tag works. Teams have the option to tag a player who's about to hit free agency. And each position has a different rate in which they're tagged. So let's use a wide receiver for an example. If a team wants to tag a wide receiver, that wide receiver is paid at the average rate of the top five wide receivers in the league. That's the transition tag price that they would have if the team decides to um, tag them. If it's a transition tag, they are done at the top 10 in their position. And a team has the ability, another team has an ability to match that offer. And that wide receiver can go to another team. So again, if you're being franchise tag, your average salary is the top five in the league or 120% of your last year's salary, whichever is greater. So either top five average or 120% of last year's salary. Yeah, I get a 20% increase, which exactly. is insane. That's yeah, why so, Dak Prescott is so big. And it's whichever is greater. So and with the transition tag, it's the top 10 average in the league, and a team, another team, can match that offer. So there's a lot of details to it, but just know that it's a top five or top 10 or 120% of last year's salary, whichever is greater. So That's, that's a lot of information. It is a lot of information, and I tell you that because there are some players on here that it makes more sense for them to play under a franchise tag than it would for them to try and sign an offer. So that's why I wanted to preface it with that. I just went with straight franchise tags. I didn't go with the the confusing of exclusive tag. and. Well, I didn't go through all of that. I'm just giving you... Uh, yeah. No, because... There's a difference between exclusive, non-exclusive transition. Well, I'm the exclusive tag means that he, the, the player can't negotiate with other teams. Yeah, I know. and I'm, I'm telling you. But there's, telling what, there's a top five versus a top ten, and then yeah. other teams can offer. No, so all right, not, forget all, forget all that. But let's start. ABC order. Go ahead. Who's your first team, and who, they, who should they tag? So I have the Dub Bears. Is my, they're my first team, and it's a no-brainer. It's Allen Robinson. They're going to franchise tag him. Mm -hmm. I think he is a guaranteed slam dunk going to be franchise tag from the Chicago Bears. However, even though I believe that they will franchise tag him, I think it all depends on their QB situation. Yeah, I thought who, I thought the same thing. Who Who is going to be the QB? And the reason why I say that is because of the impact that Allen Robinson is going to have on the Chicago Bears if they do franchise tag him. He will account for 10% of the salary cap for that team. His franchise tag will be $18 million. Ooh, and we know that the cap was just announced that it'll be $180 million this next season. So 10% of that salary cap is going to be tied into one player. 
So that's a lot to put for a wide receiver who he doesn't even know who will be throwing to him next year. I have Allen Robinson being tagged by the Bears too because they need him. Genuinely, they need him. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's Mitch Trubisky, whoever else, Nick Nick Foles. It does not matter who the quarterback is. They need him. He's the best wide receiver, one of the best in the league. I would say top, I would say top 15. He might be that 14 or 15 guy. I don't know. Well, definitely a top wide receiver. And he can catch anything when he's healthy. And he's only 28 years old. He's not old yet. He hasn't had the thing is he hasn't had a true talented quarterback throwing to him. Yeah. Because he was in Jacksonville. Sure. And then he went to Chicago. Uh, and I I don't think that we've seen the full um, compliment of who Allen Robinson is. But that as. speaks to him how good he's been without mm-hmm. a good quarterback. Yeah. As soon as he gets a good quarterback, it's probably going to skyrocket. He's probably going to see. He's probably going to see some large numbers and a huge increase in his play, which is why he might just want to sign the tag because if he plays well next year, he might be able to get a fatter contract, mm-hmm. whether with them or somebody else. Next up, I have the other Queen City because I believe Charlotte is the Queen City, but the other Queen City, Cincinnati, the Bengals. I think they are going to franchise tag Carl Lawson. He was one of the top rushers in the league this past year. But Cincinnati may want to see more out of him before they offer him a big contract outside of just a one year. Essentially a prove-it contract because even though he had a successful 2020 season, he didn't have a lot of snaps in his career. So I think Cincinnati's approach is we're going to tag you and I'm going to let you prove to us that you deserve a multi-year contract. The same with Shaq Barrett with the with the Bucks. That's They did a similar situation with him. Originally, and you said the Queen City, and I'm thinking of, you know, Charlotte. I'm not thinking about Cincinnati. It is a Queen City. Charlotte is, and, you know, Cincinnati's the second one. A.J. Green, originally I thought, hey, maybe the Bengals should should tag him because, you know, Todd Boyd, he's he's a great young wide receiver. They need somebody else who's mature, who's been there. Obviously, injuries have plagued his career. And then I looked at his what his cap hit would be. It would be over $18 and I said, Mm -hmm. no way, Jose. He would be the third, as far as available free agents, he would be the third largest cap hit behind Dak Prescott and Von Miller. Yeah, not going to This guy, he hasn't been relevant in 10 years. So when I looked at that number, I said, nope, you can't franchise tag him. So originally I had him for the Bengals, but now I don't have any player currently right now that the Bengals should tag. I think Carl Lawson is the most um, realistic of their franchise tags. I could see the Bengals not tagging anyone but I think Carl is the most likely choice. But the Broncos, next up, Justin Simmons. Safety. That's who I have. He's a safety. He was a top five in the league this past year. And I think the reason why they're going to franchise tag him and rather than give him a multi-year contract is what I addressed earlier with franchise tag. Even with the 120% pay rate that they will have to give him, that puts him below the highest paid, which is Landon Collins. And if I'm Denver, I'm going for that all day long because Mm -hmm. he was better than Landon Collins this past year. And your team is so bad right now that you need to save as much as cap space as you can to acquire more players. So this is a perfect situation where franchise tagging a player makes the most sense because of that pay for the team, not for for Justin Simmons. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Justin, Justin wants a a multi-year contract. No doubt. And he may even want to explore free agency, but I think the Broncos will stop that. Justin Simmons is one of the best free safeties in the league. They have Broncos have to keep him. There's not many good things on that defensive side of the ball. Von Miller is also one of those other players that 
hey, they may tag. No, I, I don't think, think they should. He's 32 years old. He ha- again, he has a second largest cap hit in the NFL. If they tag him, I-, I don't see them doing that. I think Simmons makes the the best, you know, the smartest, best option for them. So I'll go with Simmons. Next up, we have the Super Bowl winning champs, the Buccaneers. For me, Shaq Barrett has to get a deal. Franchise tag. What about what about uh, Levante David? I'm not. Oops. I'm not done with. I just started talking. Shaq Barrett must get a deal for this team. It, like franchise tag two years in a row. It's just not going to happen. Shaq Barrett deserves a multi-year contract. And if not, then, uh, you know, I imagine he will look elsewhere. As you interrupted, Drew, Levante David could be tagged, but I think it's most likely going to be Chris Godwin. Who knows what their money situation is going to look like for the Buccaneers? Because Bruce Arians said at that parade that he's everyone's coming back. Yeah. You can't possibly That's, do that. That must be nice. So I think that Shaq Barrett will get a contract. Levante David will also get a contract. He could be tagged, but I think of the three, Chris Godwin is the most likely to get tagged. Levante David is older, but he's cheaper than Shaq Barrett. They're both good. Exactly. I will not complain with either one, whether Barrett or David. They both have played at an extremely high level for the past couple seasons. So do you do you risk maybe... Going with Levante, if if you could only keep one, yes, you risk going yeah. with David because though he's older, he's a lot cheaper. Mm-hmm. Or do you keep Shaq Barrett, who has an incredible back to back seasons? That's a huge decision for Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay has the benefit of having overall they have a really solid defense. Yeah, and losing Shaq Barrett, even though he's a great player, isn't going to be detrimental to that defense. And I think. I believe Levante David is the heartbeat of that defense. He is what fans love and enjoy. And, and that's this is not saying anything about Barrett himself, but Levante David is the personality and the heartbeat of that defense and how it's orchestrated. I think you have to keep David. I like the cheaper price tag within that, but I don't oppose them giving Barrett a long-term deal either. Who would you tag if you're the I would, I would I would tag David, sign Barrett, Chris Godwin, Yes, it would be awesome to keep them, but if it doesn't mesh financially, I think that's a piece that you could give up if you had to. Mm. I think defensively, and you you need to keep that intact because we we saw in the Super Bowl, your defense won that game. Now Tom Brady, he played a great game. Offensively, they, they clicked, but that defense, the way they played against Patrick Mahomes, you have to keep that intact as much and, as you can. And the can. thing is with the Buccaneers, their offense doesn't rely on Chris Godwin as much. I mean, you got AJ Brown. Look at all the weapons they have. You got Gronk. You got Scotty Miller. Uh, you have your running backs if they can eventually learn how to catch a ball in the backfield. Uh, Mike Evans. Like, it'd be nice to have Chris Godwin, but he is not in the same situation with Shaq on the defense. He's not absolutely vital on the offensive side. And we've learned Tom Brady can throw the ball to anyone. I'm not going to go alphabetical order like Dan did. I'm just going to go to the top of my list. The next biggest one, and arguably the biggest one, is Dak Prescott. Dallas Cowboys, they have to sign him long-term. If you can't work out a deal, you have to tag him. I know this does not what, this is not what Dak Prescott wants. I understand that. But you are the best player on that team right now. You have to sign him. This is a situation. I also have Dak. I think of all of the franchise tags, he's at the top of the list. I, I know this team wants a multi-year contract. Because in the same way how tags help teams, like with Denver, 
they can also hurt teams. Mm -hmm. And this is a situation where it would hurt the Cowboys. They need a contract and not a tag. The tag would be so expensive. So expensive. And this is, I can't remember the exact figure, but he'll have over $130 million in three years because of the tags that he is, you know, if he did this year, the tags he's played under. That's what happened with uh, Kirk Cousins in Washington before he went to Minnesota. It gets more and more expensive for the team. And so a multi-year contract has to happen on the part of the Cowboys. So it's mutual. Dak and the Cowboys won a contract, but there's just at this point too far apart as far as numbers. Dak deservingly wants a a large deal. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to get tagged again because of what happened to him last season with the injury where the Cowboys don't want to sign him because of his injury last season. The team is trying to protect itself. So is Dak understandable Carolina Panthers. Kawan short for me is, is who they should keep intact. Now, Russell Okun could also be an option, play his offensive line. He would be $3 million less than Kwan Short. But because the defense on the Carolina Panthers is so young and so inexperienced, a lot of them, they're only going into their second year, even though they have a really good young core that they have drafted. You have to have someone who's a little older, a little more experienced. And Russell Okun, he's just getting old, and I think he's kind of more so on the way out than he is in the middle of his prime. So the L.A., Chargers is who I have. Hunter Henry, their tight end. This could be a situation where they have back-to-back years tagging Hunter Henry. He and Justin clicked this past year. He had over 60 receptions. He had four touchdowns. The offense with Justin will only get better and better as they're able to mesh. And I think that Hunter Henry is a big part of that. Having a reliable weapon, and we know that the franchise tag for tight ends is quite low. So this is a tag that I think makes sense for the Chargers easily. I'm not sure Hunter's feelings of whether he would be okay playing back-to-back seasons on a tag, but it makes the most sense for the Chargers. Hunter Henry and Melvin Ingram were my two considerations for the Chargers. Now, Henry would be a $6 million less than Ingram as far as the tag, but he's a big offensive piece. So the Chargers really have to evaluate. Is Ingram a bigger asset for us defensively or is Henry a bigger asset for us offensively? I have to go with Ingram, though, because the defense is young. You just hired a head coach that is a defensive-minded coach, so he might want someone there that he can maybe trust as far as experience and, and being there for as long as he has. Now, the Washington football team, there's a lot of pieces they need to fill, but I think their most important is Brandon Sheriff, their offensive lineman. He's been there for a while. They need to be able to solidify the offensive line to protect whoever's going to be QB next, whether that's Alex Smith, Taylor Henneke, or whoever else they want to draft. They need to keep a solid offensive lineman to limit the injuries and hits that the quarterback is taking. I'm going to stay on the um, topic of tight ends. The Tennessee Titans, Johnny Smith. I think he's been a nice replacement for the Titans ever since they lost Delaney Walker. And like I said with Hunter Henry, tight ends are cheap when it comes to the tag. So it makes sense for them to keep that camaraderie with the Titans offense. I think that Johnny Smith is an underrated tight end. I think a lot of it has to do with his personality. He's very quiet, but it makes the most sense for the Titans to tank Johnny Smith. They do, and Johnny Smith is a smart option. You could also look at Corey Davis, wide receiver, but almost cracked a thousand yards. Yeah. So I think if they don't sign, they're they're both going to be a tight next season. It's just who's going to be tagged and who's going to be signed because I don't think right. they can sign both of them. Mm-hmm. Their Titans cap situation is not good. They have to clear a lot of cap space if they want to be able to achieve that. I don't think it's going to happen uh, as far as both of them are going to be moving on to other teams. They're going to remain in Tennessee. 
San Francisco 49ers. Trent Williams would be my option for them to be tagged. They need their strong left tackle. Solomon Thomas is another option for them defensively, but I believe that a lot of people out there, it may be including myself, that Solomon Thomas has been a bust for them. Yes. First round pick has not lived up. He only has six Stan- sacks. Yeah, Stanford grad. I mean, he coming out of Stanford, he was an absolute, what maybe some people say, a slam dunk mm-hmm. because of how well he played at Stanford. He has not bode well in the NFL. Maybe a new change of scenery. Maybe maybe with Robert Saylor not being there anymore will we'll, we'll bode well for him. Maybe he just didn't fit in his scheme. I don't know. Trent Williams, though, he is old. And so do you keep the younger piece if you have to choose between the two? I think Solomon Thomas in that defense, whether he plays, you know, like Nick Bosa or not, that's that's irrelevant. But when he's on that team next to Nick Bosa and everybody's clicking on all the cylinders, they're a good defense. So I think you have to go with Solomon Thomas if you have to choose over Trent Williams. So you mentioned Robert Sala, who is now the head coach with the Jets. And for the Jets, I have Marcus May. He's similar to Justin Simmons in Denver in that May will be a cheap tag in relation to top safeties in the league. Sala is the head coach now and will probably want to give him a look over before agreeing to do a long-term contract. But I think Marcus May with the Jets, he'll be tagged this year. And my final team of who I think should be tagged this season, KJ Wright with the Seattle Seahawks. He's been with the Seahawks forever. He's been a great linebacker for them. Put him in, you know, next to Bobby Wagner. They need to be able to keep their defense or the best parts of their defense, which is the worst thing that they had going for them last season. I have more teams that I think will tag than you've uh, than you have addressed. The Detroit Lions. They could potentially tag Kenny Galladay, but that's a question mark for me. I think it leans more yes than it does no, but Detroit is too far off talent-wise to even make the playoffs, but it's hard to get there if you don't have a QB who has a wide receivers to throw to. I mean, look at the New England Patriots. Cam Newton came in. He didn't have anyone to throw to. Jared Goff is coming in. Who's he going to throw it to? He missed a lot of the 2020 season due to an injury. And we've seen his production, but I think that if he has a full year under his belt with 2021, his production will shoot up. Next team, Green Bay is not a team that likes to tag players, and they're not very they're not well known for them. And they don't like to give contracts out yeah. either. I think Aaron Jones makes the most sense, however, and have I have to. But I imagine he'll want a contract. Um, he's gonna be one. He's gonna be. He wants to be one of the top paid running backs in the and, league. And, and the reason why he's going to want a contract, because the position he plays, running back. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know what the team's future looks like with Aaron Rodgers, so he doesn't have a lot of certainty with who the quarterback's going to be. So he's going to want a contract. And the second is the fact that he is a running back. And we know that the premium on running backs is not what they used to be. What hurts him is Derrick Henry, that he, mm-hmm. his deal he got last season. Because Derrick yeah. Henry... He took a team-friendly deal, yes. let's be honest. Yeah. And um, but he'll want as much guaranteed money as he can get with the QB situation in Green Bay and the fact that he's running back. Next up, I have the LA Rams. John Johnson played like a top two safety in the league last year, but I don't see LA being able to afford him. They have capable talent behind him and they may want to move on, but I could see the Rams potentially tagging Johnson, but with all that dead money that you have with Jared Goff, I don't think they'll be able to afford to keep him. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, Yannick Ngakwe. Oh, I have him. He was my last one. Yeah, so I have Ngakwe as yeah. the likely of the two between him and Matt Judon. You you, you gave up too much. Well, I don't want to say too much, but you gave up. I think they gave too, too much to Judon. 
No, no, I'm saying as far as a trade to acquire oh, Yannick yes, Ngakwe. Yes. So, but the thing is, he's also the cheaper of the two mm-hmm. between him and Judon. So I think Ngakwe will be tagged by the Ravens. But you can't go wrong with either. I think Judon no, is really but, good. But Ngakwe is cheaper. That's yeah. that's what so, I'm looking at. So mm-hmm. tag him. And my, the last team on the list, and we actually didn't discuss this earlier in our NFL news, but in the, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben announced and via his his uh, agent that he will return for the 2021 season. So big Ben is returning. And because we have that information, I put down that tagging Alejandro Villanueva makes sense. Yeah. He is an older tackle. He's 33 years old, but the thing is he's only been in the league for six years because he was in the military army ranger. So he doesn't have the mileage and the wear and tear that um, other tackles at 33 would have Villanueva makes sense. He's a great tackle um, but Pittsburgh's salary situation, Yeesh. they're they're going to want a team-friendly deal in this situation. And Villanueva, I, I think that he'll want to stick around for this team. I, if if Ben Roethlisberger comes back, which he says he has, I think he's mm-hmm. going to stay. Pittsburgh is not a bad team to be playing for next season. And if you're someone who wants to win, I think staying with Pittsburgh makes the most sense because all the teams that are competitive right now, their cap situations aren't good. You have to invest. Look at the teams that have the most cap space and look how bad they are uh, as far as wins and losses. But there's also, there's also the flip side of that. We have teams that are very mismanaged. Yes, the Eagles, like, the Saints. Well, the Saints are successful, the, so, the, but I would the, say the Eagles. But the Texans, um, mm-hmm. situation Detroit, uh, the Eagles. Yeah, you have teams like the Saints and the Titans who don't have very good cap situations, but then again, they have been to the Super Bowl. So... Well, there's Saints have won the Super Bowl. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah well, not since, a while. But that's a franchise tag situation. Teams were eligible to tag them this past Tuesday. We'll see how it goes. It's this honestly isn't really an exciting uh, period for like players, like big name players. Maybe I'm just one of the ones that think last year was really good, but it's exciting for us because we have something to talk about. Dan and I said last week we were going to share some big news. Now, we are in the works of this. This is coming soon, but we want to let you guys know. We are going to be changing the name of the podcast, and we are going to be changing what we're about. Now, this podcast right now is a pigskin podcast. We talk almost exclusively of football. We had one of our friends that liked to give us a little cheap shot when we talked about goats because we talked about other sports. Well, guess what? It's goats comparing to Tom Brady. So get over it, Tyler. Sorry, I love you, man. Uh, so, but we're going to be changing what we're about. So Dan and I are going to be changing the name and we want to be specific to sports in general. When I first started this podcast, mm-hmm. go back and listen to the beginning of the episodes. It was terrible. <laughs> Y'all can see my progression and how I've edited and, and made things change. The reason why I started this podcast in the beginning is because for someone who wants to go into sports broadcasting or media, like I do. Because of COVID, I couldn't do any internships. I couldn't do anything as far as what I wanted to achieve mm-hmm. because we, you know, they weren't allowing us to. So I wanted to start a podcast, one, to help be able to train myself and get a better understanding of what it means to podcast and edit and things like that. So look at the progression that I've made. I asked Dan a couple of months ago, hey, come alongside me. One, we're brothers. We both love sports. I think it, it was would- probably... September or October of last year? Yeah, I don't know. But it created some contrast, which you guys have seen seen to enjoy. By the way, I thought it was for one week. And then next week you said, okay, what are we going to talk about this week? I'm like, I didn't know that was the deal. I thought it was a one-week gig, but this simply was just about football and Drew. 
And now since I'm on the podcast, we have wanted to open up the topics, if you will. Yeah. So that has allowed us to change the name. We're not going to say it net. We're, we'll drop the name when we get there. Mm-hmm. We have some stuff in the works with that. But we're going to go from just talking about football to talking about all sports because Dana and I really do love sports. Uh, well, lacrosse is one of my passions, hockey, baseball, things like that. Well, some sports more than others because yeah. let's be realistic. You love lacrosse, but there's a lot of people out there who couldn't give a rip. So, again, we're going we're gonna to open up the, our horizon with sports. We're going to talk about it. Just want to break that news for you guys, but we appreciate you guys listening this far. Podcast continues to grow. We appreciate you all. Much love. Thanks for listening this week on the Pigskin Podcast. Subscribe to the pod on iTunes and Spotify so you'll never miss a show. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Pigskin. If you want to stay engaged throughout the week, give us a follow. We want to hear from our listeners. Give us a breakdown. Signing off.